0: Welcome to the Rise to the Challenge podcast. Joined today, she's a former WWE superstar, actor, artist, IFBB pro. It's Crystal Marshall. How are you doing today, Crystal?
1: Good. Thank you guys so much for having me.
0: We're so excited to have you on the show to talk about your Rise to the Challenge. What we like to do with all of our guests is go right to the beginning. Talk about where you're from and what you like doing growing up.
1: Mm, Where am I from? Well, my dad was in the Navy, so I was born in Brooklyn, New York, and I spent... Half of my childhood in New Brunswick, New Jersey, and I finished out high school in Oxnard, California, so I'm kind of like a bi-coastal babe, I guess. Um, Let's see, growing up, I was pretty active. I played soccer, ran track and field, and I was very active in the beauty pageant circus, uh, specifically in the Miss USA circuit. Um, I call it a circus, what kind of is, but, um, (laughs) the circuit. (laughs) So, uh, when I was 15, I was a, I was second. No, I was third runner up for Miss California, Teen USA. And I was a second runner up for Miss California, USA when I was 17 years old. So been doing this for this whole entertainment thing for a long time.
0: How did you get involved with the beauty pageant world? Was there something that you saw or did you go to a competition and found that interest in that?
1: You know, I was a very driven young woman. I knew that I wanted to be in the entertainment field. At one point, I actually wanted to be a journalist. And I knew that lots of journalists kind of have their, and actresses too, their first steps within the beauty pageant world, like Vanessa Williams and Halle Berry and so many other, you know, amazing um talents. So I figured that was a good way to kind of catapult myself and to gain a certain amount of poise and kind of crack that door open. So that's kind of how I approached it. It was fun.
0: What was your favorite part about doing the pageants? Uh,
1: The pageantry itself. I mean, I am definitely a bit of, I call myself a Tom girl, which is like (laughs) half tomboy, half girly girl. So typically like I'm wearing baseball hats, hanging out, but I do love to get dressed up and glammed up. I, that was like one of my favorite things. In fact, I started working at, um, uh, bridal and pageant gown shop called California and Maine. That's still there now in Ventura, California. And, uh, I worked there selling dresses for prom and beauty pageants. And, you know, it was really cool because I got to come up with a few designs of my own. So that's kind of how I got wrapped up in that world.
0: What was the challenging part about it? We talked about the positives and the fun side, but what was the challenging part about doing those?
1: You know, I think that people have a misconception with pageant girls and they they think that they're all looks and no content, no character. It's a lot of work. And when I was competing for Miss California USA, I was so young. So the age bracket for contestants is between 17 years old and 27 years old. Wow. Wow. So, if you think about that, that's a decade worth of life experience that, you know, it's it's very subjective what the judges are looking for. Mm-hmm. So, actually, when I competed um, in Miss California USA when I was 17, the woman who won was actually 27 years old. So, she was at the opposite end of the spectrum. So, um you know, there's, there's a lot of study and research. You have to come up with your champion, your platform of something that you kind of want to get involved with in the community. Um, it's, it's big into giving back. Um, there's so many, so many different elements to it. You have to sign up for, like I said, community involvement, different speaking engagements, fundraising. There's so many things that are that come into play when it comes to beauty pageants. And a lot of it was challenging for a 17-year-old kid to kind of be able to dig her heels in and develop that maturity to get her to where she needs to be. And I was not always the easiest to work with. I, by nature, am very, very rebellious. (laughs) So I I had an amazing pageant coach, Toy Foster, and she was like, Crystal, you can't do that you have to wear a one piece bathing suit. That's the standard. So I was always the girl that would find a bathing suit that was technically a one piece that tethered the first, the the top to the bottom by like a few strands. That was me. I would always push the envelope platform heels, you know, you name it. I I like to do that. Um, so some will say that I was a little bit ahead of my time. Uh, but yeah, you know, um, I learned a lot about myself competing in pageants. I feel like I do pretty well under pressure because of it. But on the flip side, I will say that um, being in that world, it does create a certain level of perfectionism that follows you throughout life. And I am very hard on myself, um, very hypercritical and hyper aware of myself, which can be a good thing and sometimes it can be a bad thing. Um, so, you know, these are all the things that kind of come along with it.
0: Do you feel that being in pageants, it kind of put a lot of stress on you where you didn't get to be, enjoy maybe being a high schooler or being a kid and those kind of things, but you got to do something that you were passionate about and enjoyed doing? Well,
1: you know, uh, let me tell you something about myself. Crystal's going to do what Crystal wants to do. So <laughs> I rubbed people the wrong way because I wanted to have that balance of being a 17 year old senior in high school and being a part of this pageant world. So I kind of bumped heads with my pageant instructor because she was like, you can go so far. If you just focus and eat, sleep, breathe this thing, you know, you can go so far, but you know, that's never been my thing. I've always wanted to just sample life and enjoy it. Um, So, you know, hindsight's 50-50, no, twenty twenty. hindsight's 20 Yeah. So yeah, looking back at it now, you know, had I, Focused in, I might have taken a different path, but if I lost that rebellious streak, I would never have entered the world of wrestling because, you know, that lifestyle and that program is really kind of avant-garde and off the beaten path. And my personality just was perfect for it at the time.
0: Was that the next transition? So what was after pageantry? Or So
1: after pageants, I was going to Cal State Northridge and actually... I need to back up. So I went to Cal State Northridge as an art major, and my dad, who served 20-plus years in the U.S. Navy, he had a completely different path for me in life. He went out of his way to get some letters of recommendation and was really pushing for me to go to Annapolis to attend the Naval Academy. And I was just like – I had the grades. I was very, very smart. And obviously I did a ton of community service with the beauty pageants. And I was just like, Dad, I I don't want to do this. I want to study art. And mm-hmm. my dad did not speak to me for about 18 months after that. Wow. So that definitely put a strain on our relationship. Um, so I dropped out of college and I moved to I moved from the valley in California, Northridge, to uh the heart of Hollywood. And I Got a job working part-time at this boutique on Melrose called Hama. And my manager at the time is this wonderful girl from New Zealand. She's a woman, um, Lisa. And Lisa, she was hard of hearing in one ear. And she was so sweet. She had the sweetest disposition. And we used to have different celebrities and stylists come into our boutique at the time. And they would go shopping for their clients. And Lisa, because she was so kind, everybody kind of gravitated towards her. So um, I remember coming into work and she said, oh, you won't believe who was in. And I said, well, who was in? And she says, well, Christina million, her mother is her manager. And she was telling me that she heard that the price is right. They're looking for some models. And I really think that you should, you should do this. And I was like, okay, like I, I was just kind of just out there, just building in the wind of Los Angeles, trying to make things happen. So that's what I did. I went to CBS studios and I had a screen test. And I found myself as one of the models on the price is right. So I did that for a little bit, but there was one catch. I was always the black sheep. So in order to be on that show, you have to be five seven. At the time it seemed completely ludicrous, and I was like, that's stupid. <laughs> but um I understood why that was. And the reason why is because we had wardrobe and CBS, their wardrobe department was at the time developed, it was divided i think into multiple floors or it was one large wardrobe that would cover the price is right survivor and whatever other shows that they had so they had the rack for the price is right and all of the dresses were about the same size they were all tailored for a woman that was about 34 26 36 or whatever but 57 and I'm tiny. I am like five, two. I was probably 105 pounds at the time. So I'm putting on these dresses and they're literally just swimming on me. And they're like, <laughs> this seems just like, Oh, uh, it's fine. We'll, we'll make it work. Like in their heads, like we don't know why this short little girl is here, but whatever. So I remember the first couple uh shows that I, I shot. I remember watching them back and thinking to myself, Oh my God. Like, I look tiny, like the clothes look like I'm dressing up in my mother's clothes and I look really short. So needless to say, I did not stay on the show long because of that. So I did that. And then after that, I started doing just, I mean, I didn't have an agent at the time. So I was just getting the breakdown reports and I was just figuring out where they were auditions and I would just audition for any part of any Dark-skinned woman, if she was Cuban, black, whatever. I would just go out for anything under the sun. I didn't even care. Um, So I started doing some music videos. And I did a music video for Jill Scott, 50 Cent, Mace, um, B2K. There's so many different music videos I started to get involved in. And that wasn't really what I wanted to focus on. But I figured, hey, some work is better than no work. Yeah. So. After that, I remember I did get a manager. We didn't have like an official contract that was binding, but she booked me on a uh, deal, no deal. So I shot the original pilot for deal, no deal. And uh, when that was over, she's like, Hey kid, you know, like I don't have anything else coming down the pipeline for you. So, you know, I don't know what you're going to do. So I kind of went back home and just kind of taking my acting classes and trying to still go through my Breakdowns. And I remember there was a girl in my acting class that had moved to California from Texas and she'd never been to an audition. And at the time, I know they were casting for Pirates of the Caribbean, too, I believe. And I mean, this was like a massive cattle call. So my acting teacher's like, hey, you know, if you guys want to go to some auditions this weekend, take in some new people that aren't as experienced, that'll be great. So I said, all right, Stephanie, we're going to go to this audition. So we went to this audition. And I dressed up. I was going out for the part of Calypso. Do you remember that character? Parts I, Caribbean 2? Yeah. Okay. So she was kind of like a voodoo goddess, empress. Um, And so I'm not thinking anything of it. I'm just there for moral support with my friends. And I remember taking a bed sheet and just wrapping it and not wearing much makeup and making myself look like I'm from that era. And I got a callback. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Stephanie, come with me to this callback so you can check it out. And I got another call back. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like, whatever. We're going to keep doing this. So I get another call back. And my friend's like, you might get this. So it was me and, like, I would say down to, like, a dozen other people, which is pretty, you wow. know, down yeah. to the down to the wire. But I made one very interesting mistake. So I kept going back to this audition wearing this cut-up bed sheet and just kind of smudging dirt and stuff all over myself and some face paint. I just got these really cool pants from this boutique that I worked at and they were like pants that Shakira would wear. They're these like low, super low rise, kind of like splotchy. They, they look like a pirate would wear them. So I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I want to wear these pants. So I wore these pants and I had like a cut off brown wife beater and I slicked my hair back and I didn't wear makeup. They walked up to me and they had me recite the line and then look at a certain direction. And I remember production goes, no. And I was like, wow. And they said, you don't like a model. This is not, no, just no. And that was that. So the moral of the story is be consistent with the costume that you're wearing for your audition. Um, but that was fun. So after that, um, I went back home. I talked to my manager and she's like, well, I still don't have anything for you. Um I did, however, hear about something with the WWE, but I don't think you want to do that because it would require you to move and you'll be traveling and they'll kind of take your focus away from acting and modeling and the stuff that you're doing here. And I said, that sounds perfect. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Because uh, I'm always game to do something. Uh, so yeah, I went out and I tried out for the diva search and I made it and I did not win the diva search. But I ended up getting a developmental contract from the WWE, and I had to pack my stuff and move to BFE Georgia and go to wrestling school. And that's how it all started.
0: Did you know anything about the WWE before you got that audition?
1: Actually, I did. I watched as a kid, and then um, my parents and my grandparents were immigrants from Barbados. And when they came to the United States, they had about three channels. And one of those channels played wrestling. And whenever I would go visit my grandma, it was always wrestling. She would get so into it. She had her favorites. And so with that audition for the diva search, it just kind of came back to me. And I said, you know, this probably makes sense. This makes sense because this is kind of like a nudge from the universe. You know, it was very serendipitous. So that's kind of why I decided to do it. Um, yeah. And the rest is history.
0: Were you wanting to like get into the ring or you wanted to be more on that on person kind of role?
1: I'll tell you, I, so when I was at deep South wrestling, I took my training very, very seriously. Um, I was training off the road and anytime that I could on the road, I would get in the ring with, you know, Fit Finley or whoever at the time wanted to spare me and teach me something about wrestling. Um, you know, it was, it was something that I really wanted to do because in that business, there were a lot of wrestlers that had lots of doubts about the non-wrestlers, and I had a lot to prove, um, and that did not sit well with me. Um, so I definitely wanted to learn how to wrestle for some of the right reasons and for some ego purposes as well. Um, but, yeah, so that's kind of how that all started. Um, as far as now understanding how incredibly hard wrestling is on my body, if the opportunity to go back would present itself, I would do some wrestling, but wrestling in the ring is not my focus. In all honesty, I don't think that I would be able to compete with the skill set that I have right now with the female talent that we have. So I would respectfully stay in my lane.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Was there a moment or like a match you had that is memorable? Like it's a big moment that you remember from your time there.
1: You know... I had so few, but if I had to pick just one, I would say the last match that I had in WWE when I wrestled Candice Michelle, that was a big deal. That was the first time that I remember feeling a shift in my career Mm -hmm. that this match was going to take me to the next level. Um, So I would say that would be the match, not necessarily because of the wrestling, but because of where I was. Yeah.
0: Do you feel that the pageantry side helped you with like making an entrance, walking on camera, being on TV? Did that kind of experience help you in that transition over?
1: Absolutely. The pageants, uh, pageants in general prepared me for life in a way that most people that don't know about pageant training could comprehend. Mm-hmm. Um Not only that, but as a kid, and I've never actually shared this with anybody, but my parents sent me to finishing school, believe it or not. I know how to use the proper forks, spoons, and knives and how to (laughs) behave myself in a very, in a very fancy, uh, setting. (laughs) But yeah, all of those things are very important. I think that that, maybe not the pageants aspect, but I did actually, let me, I digress, but, I did mention to my daughter if she ever expressed an, intri- an interest in pageantry that I would definitely sign off on it. However, I don't think that the world of beauty pageant is something that should be pushed on girls. I don't think so at all. It requires a great deal of self-confidence and um, security that I don't believe that a lot of young girls have by nature. Mm-hmm. Um So that would have to be something that she would have to express interest in. Yeah.
0: With WWE, fitness, health is a big component. And someone that follows you now, you are still going to the gym, still working out. Did that teach you a lot about your athletic capability, being in the ring, and then still transferring that over to where you are today?
1: Um, I've always been athletic. I think... I was a little surprised by how quickly I learned certain things. Mm -hmm. Um, mm, I'm going to say something, and it's not going to go real well. But when I was in the WWE, I did not work out. Oh. (laughs) I didn't. I trained for wrestling, but I was not into fitness. I didn't lift weights. I didn't run. I did squat. Um, during wrestling training, Um, but no, I did not work out. I did not fall in love with the gym until after I gave birth to my son. That's when I started getting into fitness and lifting and all of that.
0: That is that like common? <laughs> like, I mean, to me, it's like <laughs> if you were able to get in there and be able to do like the m- amount of matches that you've done, that's impressive. That you were able to learn quickly, but. To do what you wanted to do. Cause you kind of mentioned that yeah. Crystal's going to do what she wants. Crystal
1: to do. is always going to do what crystal wants to do. Yeah. That part of myself, it has shifted now that I have kids. They're my first priority, obviously. Yeah. And there's some stuff that happened throughout the years that I kind of lost that, but where I am right now in my life, I notice that when I win and when I am my best is when I listen to that voice inside of myself and I do what the fuck I want. <laughs> it's when I don't do that is when I start to eat a lot of shit. So, yeah, I do what I want in a, in a very healthy way, of course. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Did you like the persona that they gave you, the kind of the character that they had for you?
1: They didn't give me anything.
0: So that was just you being yourself.
1: That was me trying to find my way. And, you know, what's interesting is I look at a lot of the character development now and I, I see that the company has a lot more of an input and feedback with with their development and I remember at the time when I was coming up, I'm looking at all these girls that are more established and they have their characters and they have their costumes. And I'm just like, Oh, like, I don't, I don't really know what I'm supposed to do here. And I remember being around the ring and Paul Heyman was there and everyone's trying to get his ear about something. And I just go over to him and I'm like 21 years old, stupid. And I'm like, Hey Paul, like I'm trying to work on an on a entrance. Like, Like, what should I do? And he just kind of like looks at me and he goes, well, when you enter a room, do people look at you? And I was like, yeah. (laughs) And he's like, well, what else do you need to do? And I was like, huh, that makes sense. So I kind of ran with that. And that's how my entrance, my my strut came to be. And the strut was kind of like a little bit of a nod towards my pageant pass. So, yeah. (laughs) That's how that kind of merged.
0: Looking at the future where they are, you being a part of history, being a part of an era that has, is iconic, what does that mm. do for you and that people now see you as an influence to them?
1: It's crazy because I just remember, like I said, being this 21-year-old kid and just trying to stay out of the way, you know, because you have these wrestling giants that are around and the girls that actually get to wrestle and I, I'm just like, Oh crap. Like I don't want to piss anybody off, you know? So now to be in a position to where these amazing girls that are so talented and like exceed anything that I could possibly have imagined for women's wrestling. Like I remember I went to AEW, um, maybe a month ago and I went to use the restroom was in the female locker room. And I just remember being like, Oh my God, I need to get out of the way. And they're like, hey, we just want to say thank you. Like, seriously, thank you. And I'm like, "For what? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, but um, there is a, there is a understanding within the female wrestling community that there were people before us and even before me and before them that had to crawl before they could walk, yep. you know, and it's just so awesome to be a part of that. I did not ever expect that to be cemented for me. You know, um, so it's it's a good feeling. It's a good feeling. And I, I hope that I hope that um, maybe in the future I can uh, continue to inspire in some way.
0: Yes. Yeah. Did you ever think about what was next in your journey, like near the end of your career or in your time with mm. WD?
1: Did you ever think
0: what was next for you?
1: No. <laughs> I mean honestly like I I was so young then I I just I couldn't see past today it was really hard Um, and especially during that time when there was just not a lot of room for other women Mm -hmm. they had their main focus the girls they focused in on so for me I was always kind of like well I don't really think that anything significant will happen to me because you know there's a normal pecking order of things um, so yeah, no, I, I didn't, everything goes kind of fly by the sea every week, things change. So I, I really, it was hard for me to really grasp what the future might've looked like.
0: So after the WWE, what was next for you?
1: After the WWE, I had my son and I had him in 2008. I left WWE in 2007 and after I had him, I competed in my first fitness competition four months after he was born. That was Bikini America. I never competed before in my life. I just started working out. I went to Vegas. I had my little baby carrier with my son in it. And I was there by myself. And I remember competing. And I, I won my height class and thinking, oh, that's cool. Um, and I actually met one of my best friends there. She was competing and she was just talking to me she's like girl you got a baby here I was like yeah she's like that's so awesome you know so so I met Melissa Melissa Pittman good friend of mine uh there and I remember they're like you have to go back on the stage because you're in you're in the finals and I'm like oh, okay and I remember when they called me as the winner it not really registering to me and then they gave me my plaque and I was like oh crap I won and then I remember looking in the audience. And I had to go to the show by myself with my son because I think Bobby had to do, I think he, he was doing something. And then I remember I see, I saw him in the back of the crowd and he's holding the baby up and I'm like, Oh my God, I won. And it was such a great feeling. So after that, I decided to keep competing in fitness. And then in 2009, I competed in the first mpc bikini show at the arnold classic that year and i took a very controversial second place to a good friend of mine that's now passed away gina almond rest her soul um and then that summer i won the overall at the mpc, MPC junior usa's and i beat some i'm gonna brag i'm gonna brag because <laughs> it's, it's a big deal i beat some heavy hitters in the fitness community I, I beat Amanda Latana. I beat, gosh, who else was in there? It was a lot, but I beat them all, which was huge for me. Like I I can, yeah, that's impressive. I'm proud of myself. So I turned pro. And uh, then after that, I think I competed again, but in a different federation. WBFF did not place as well as previously, a different organization. I placed either the top 10 or the top five. I'm not sure. I think it was top 10. Um, and then after that, I just focused on raising my kids. I got married for the first and only time in, let's see, two, 2019. And then I got divorced last year. And yeah, that was, that's pretty much my whole, what I've been doing since I left (laughs) wrestling. It's a lot.
0: (laughs) Competing in those athletic competitions, what Mm -hmm. was, An exciting part, the training, getting up on stage, being in front of the crowds. Is there always a part that you look forward to every time you got up there?
1: The games. I loved, I love working out. I love lifting. I love just seeing my body change. And I I like the feeling. You're not supposed to like this, but I like feeling sore. I like feeling like I pushed myself. That's a great feeling. And you know, when you compete, it's not always to win, because a lot of these contests are so subjective. It's about pushing yourself and setting goals for yourself. And it's really just about holding yourself accountable. And I do I do like that quite a bit.
0: See, I get that way with fitness now. I'm not one of those big workout people, but when I know that I'm pushing myself and I'm yes. seeing the confidence, maybe it's not physically looking different, but Emotionally, mentally feeling it to me, it's an excitement because I know that it's going to work out in the long run, but I don't have to rush to it. I don't have to really kind of go for injury, but yes, enjoy
1: for sure. It's, it's great. I love it. I think that weightlifting is so essential for women. And people always tell me, like, oh, you look so young still. And I just say, lift weights. It's (laughs) literally the, literally the fountain of youth. Um, yeah, it's it, it really is fantastic.
0: Throughout the interview, you talked about your kids. What has been the best part about being a mother?
1: Oh, my gosh. There's so many things. Um, oh, let me think. I think the biggest lesson that I've learned from them is one of patience. I'm a very impatient person. Um, patience, organization, unconditional love. I mean, there's so many things that I've learned from them. But I think it's it's been a big lesson on receiving love. Mm -hmm. You know, kids, that's always a hard one for people. And I think that people always talk about loving their kids unconditionally, but also being loved back unconditionally, genuinely. Like we don't really get to experience that type of love outside of our parents if we're lucky, you know. But kids, if you're a good parent and your kids genuinely love you, and it's a good lesson on how to receive that type of love. So I'd say that.
0: Do you see anything that you've enjoyed as a kid growing up that they're getting interested in?
1: Um, let's see. With my daughter, she's starting to, I got her some makeup for Christmas. And she's not doing the typical things that girls do with makeup, like try to look as cute or as pretty as possible. She goes in her room and she FaceTimes her friends and they try to make themselves look hideous. They Uh try to do like witch faces. And I can tell that she's starting to kind of dabble into like CGI makeup and special effects stuff. That's what she's – she doesn't realize she's doing that, but I can see that that's kind of what she's trying to do. And I think that it's so cool to see – what happens when you just provide tools for kids and let them express themselves. So that's really neat. My son, Miles, it's not, it's not something that I was interested as a kid, but he's an amazing chef. Very, both of the kids are super athletic, but my son just is very, very talented in the kitchen. And I love seeing that too. So, you know, I just, I enjoy just giving them space and trying to help them explore different things and interests and seeing what sticks, you know?
0: When you were talking Best about your, your daughter, I was thinking of a show that was on sci-fi called Face Off, which was the CGI, the special effects makeup artist oh. that competition. And I'm thinking that that would be perfect if she I'm going to have to let her
1: check that out. Yeah,
0: probably on YouTube or probably okay. on one of the streaming services that are out there. But it, I watched it with my mom and it was something that we just enjoyed because. I am not artistic, but I just watch it and I'm like, I get inspired because now you see all these out there that have prosthetics and these people are creating those. And then you have a food network chef in your house also.
1: Oh, it's the best. (laughs) It is the best.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Something we like to do with our listeners is really learn more about the individual today. What are things you besides? fitness and working out, what else does Crystal like to do on a daily basis?
1: I've kind of reverted back to a high school girl. (laughs) I like to talk to my friends on the phone and talk about not boys, but men and just kind of fashion. We'll send each other like the latest handbag and things like that. I just, I really have leaned into my girlfriends the past couple of years and I'm just really enjoying spending time with them and I'm actually going to fly out to Hawaii on next Friday to visit a girlfriend of mine that I actually went to acting school with that acting school that I was telling you about. I've known her since I was 19 years old. So, um, I just, I don't know. I just really enjoy quality time. sounds kind of cheesy, but definitely, um, I'm trying to reinvent myself right now. So I'm really just having fun exploring all facets of that. Like going through my clothes, doing a deep purge, and then trying to find new things that, you know, might fit where I'm at right now in my life. And I'm just really trying to lean into life and just enjoy it, you know, because I think I finally understand that you can't control it. Mm -hmm. You're better off just rolling with the punches and enjoying it, you know. So that's that's where I'm at.
0: Is that your first time ever going to Hawaii, or you a travel kind of person?
1: Yes. Okay. So here's a funny thing. When I was wrestling, I have been to nearly every continent with the exception of Africa and Antarctica. I have been a lot of places. I have never been to Hawaii. Is that weird?
0: Interesting.
1: So weird. You would think that's like a very <laughs> American vacation place to go. You know? No, never. So it'll be interesting. Check it out.
0: I mean, if they were having wrestling shows in Antarctica, I think that would be a problem properly. And look, there's no. Heat well, bars.
1: so funny story. My dad was stationed at McMurdo base in Antarctica oh, for wow. several years as a kid. So yeah, I, that's definitely a bucket list. If I ever get an opportunity, I would love to go.
0: That's awesome. Hey, yeah. I learned something new today.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: With you having a social media presence, being in the entertainment industry, Is it important to you to connect with people where you might get messages, where people remember you from them growing up and the importance of interacting with your community?
1: You know, it's so funny because um, for a while there, I wasn't really active on social media and now I'm in this social butterfly era. So if you ever message me on any of my platforms, I'll definitely message you back. Um, I've been connecting with some amazing people. Like I said, just trying to expand my horizons a bit and just work on opening up. So it's, it's essential, I think, um, for the human experience to connect with people. So I'm just kind of seeing what happens and just being open to the possibilities. Who knows? Uh, but if there's ever any wrestling fans that want to chat or ask me questions, um, yeah, message me.
0: Looking at your journey, is there anything you would have wanted to do differently or do you feel that every step you've taken has gotten to where you are today and you've learned so much through the process?
1: Oh, of course, there are things that I would like to do different, would like to have done differently. But if I had the opportunity to go back and change things, would I? Absolutely not. I think that all of the mistakes and all of the shortcuts and setbacks were all critical in making me who I am today. And I can say, honestly, for the first time in my life, I really like the person that I am and I'm very happy with her and I wouldn't change a single thing. So no, I don't think so.
0: I love hearing that, what you just said, because that's so important nowadays with people and just enjoying every aspect and everything's a learning opportunity. And Absolutely. A way to grow and personal growth nowadays.
1: Yep. I love it. I'm very happy with myself. So if I would have stayed on that wrestling path, I don't know if I could say that. I don't know. Maybe maybe 10 years from now, it would have been a different story. Who knows? But where I am today, I'm very, very happy. Very happy with who I am and the path that I took for sure.
0: The final question I'll ask you for someone that's listening to this interview based on your journey and experience. What tips or advice would you give them to overcome obstacles, accomplish their goals, and rise to the challenge?
1: Well, I'm big on writing things out on paper. If you have a goal, you can have your big goal at the top, but you want to have several branches, okay? And there isn't a linear path. So anytime that you get a win, celebrate it. Because a win is a win. A win is a win. And what happens sometimes is if we attack things too aggressively like this, you get fatigued. You might get a small setback that will knock you back further than it would if you just kind of ebbed and flowed with it. So celebrate your wins. Don't harp on the losses too much. Try to learn from your mistakes. Um, You know, just always leave a little bit of wiggle room for a miracle because those things do happen Um, and just enjoy the process. You know, we, all the time we try to focus on this big goal and we focus on the fact that we didn't hit that goal, but sometimes we need to slow down and look at the path that we took and look at all the things that we got to see along the way and all the people we got to meet along the way and all the changes that we've made along the way. And sometimes that's just as important, if not even more important than actually hitting that peak. So just slow down, take a look around and take pictures of everything. So I guess if there was a regret that I had, um, is that I didn't take nearly enough pictures. I didn't. I wish I would have. Take pictures, take videos of your life. I don't care if people think it's obnoxious. It's your life. It's your journey. And when you're older, you're going to want to look back at these things. You're going to want to see how skinny you were, how great your tits were, and how tight your ass was too. So document everything because it goes by fast for sure.
0: Well, Crystal, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and talking (laughs) about your rise to the challenge. You're inspiring so many people and we're excited (laughs) to see what the future looks like for you.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Tune in next time to hear my next guest talk about their rise to the challenge. Remember to follow and subscribe on all major audio platforms, and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel to see the full length episode in video format. What path do you take to accomplish your goals? You decide.